This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah. it. The blind guy feels it now. Goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. It is, ladies and gentlemen. I swear to you, oval. And we call it the round table. We get into this conversation. It's like calling a square round. Oh, no, no, really. Yeah, but it has points. It's kind of got corners. It's, isn't it actually square? No, no, no. It's a round table. And that's what this conversation all is. The proverbial round table is what it's become over the last, uh, what now, three years almost, right? Isn't it? More? Two and two. Because, uh, yeah, two Five. years and a half. No. No, I mean, since what? we've never been back in the studio oh okay i was like wait didn't we just celebrate an anniversary anyways yeah sorry <laughs> whoops yeah so since we haven't yeah, been yeah i, I would mm-hmm. say that so more of the proverbial round table so what happens folks on thursday at this point get to host a round table we have a little chat and it's an open conversation on a variety of subjects no right or wrong answers just some opinions some conversation we'd like to welcome and jillian gillis of course our uh, atlantic reporter in halifax Julian, how are you? What's going on out there? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. It's always a nice time talking to you guys. Well, let's see. We've got some interesting topics that I'm hoping you guys will weigh in, have your own thoughts, feelings about. Uh, and of course, as, as I just said, no wrong answers. So I'm going to jump into it. Um, we've got a few things we want to chat and catch up with you in a little bit about, but we'll save those for just a little while here on the show. One quarter of frontline employees um, that were surveyed at Canada's border agencies say they have directly witnessed a colleague discriminate against a traveler in the previous two years. Take a listen. More than 900 border services officers and superintendents were surveyed in March 2020 as part of an internal Canada Border Services Agency evaluation. 71% of respondents who had witnessed discrimination say it was based on the traveler's race, and just over three-quarters cited their national or ethnic origin. Just over two in five said they did not report the discrimination they witnessed, some mentioning fear of reprisal or simply feeling uncomfortable. Emily Joveski, The Canadian Press. So I want to start first. Jillian, any particular part of that actually surprise you? Or as you hear that, you kind of just, mm-hmm, no, not a, not a surprise. You know, the sad truth is I'm not really surprised. Um, It's really unfortunate that this is still happening and, you know, (laughs) after 2020. See, where I, ladies, where I find the, the, I'm not going to, because I'm not surprised. The one thing that I'd like to see, uh, say that I, I guess so sad that it's confirmed that we still, I witnessed it, but I'm not going to report it. That that is still our attitude because to me, that is the crux of how things stay the same as much as we try to pretend mm-hmm. they've changed, but they stay the same, Ramya. Yeah, it's um, just decades and generations and mentalities of all different people from around the world and what they've experienced, what they've uh, been exposed to in terms of generational trauma and all of that coming in. 
And, uh, you know, it, it just needs a lot of dissection. Why is it that our mentality still remains pretty rigid, um, even from the point of view of witnessing? Yep. You know, is there is there some kind of fear still? Fear of authority, fear of, you know, mm -hmm. the projection of um, not wanting to snitch, right? Like that kind of thing uh, from all different perspectives and ways that it ties in. I, I am not surprised, like as you asked Jill, uh, I'm not surprised, but I am curious to keep exploring, like, why is it that we continue to not um, make noise about certain things? What about excuses? Like, do we, the fear of, of reprisal, of somebody finding out oh, you went and ratted that I was joking around or I was, you know, kind of discriminated against that person or whatever. A lot of time people hide behind jokes. They may make their little ethnic jokes. The ha ha ha, we're coworkers. We can joke that way. It's between us. And we're hearing so much of, no, don't, don't allow that stuff. We hear a lot of talk about it. Mm -hmm. We're here. Don't sit around when somebody's doing something racist like that. Say no, stop. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. Tell somebody who's in a position to say, hey, I don't want you saying those things. You're on the job. Act like you're a human being on a job. We can't tell you what to do at home. But here, that's that's not acceptable. Jillian, I find a lot of time we have such interesting worries that keep us from either being proactive or making an excuse to ourselves that, ah, you know, that's just Bob or that's just the way that's his weird sense of humor. Yeah, for sure. I think we definitely need to shift away from worrying about what other people are going to think and, you know, try to support each other in, in those kind of ways. Um, I think maybe there needs to be some kind of like restructuring with like reporting these sorts of things so it can be more anonymous and um, addressed correctly. I always wonder if sometimes we don't pursue the reporting thing because we obviously know it's going it's happening we don't want to as an organization or or in this case um at the border they don't want to have to then call their people in and say look you gotta it, it's almost like we just say yeah it's a given it you know but they're calling people in well we've already got a bad rep any anyway we we're all, we you know we we people say we randomly do this we randomly do that hold people up so what's it matter no one necessarily knows that's what's going on but we do know because your mm -hmm. your employees are telling us this um nearly 30 percent of Canadian seniors currently live alone and experts say that sky high inflation is putting them in an increasingly risk of uh, social isolation. Please listen. Many older adults live on fixed pensions or government benefits that aren't keeping pace with the rate of inflation in 2022. Seniors who can't afford internet or a cell phone are also less likely to stay in touch with family and friends. Loneliness and social isolation in older adults has been linked to depression, increased number of falls and use of health services, and even premature death. Emily Joveski, The Canadian Press. Run you through the pandemic. This sound like any other community you might want to bring up? Uh, yeah, exactly. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, you know, it really 
it's sad, right? Because the first part of it, honestly, if you had stopped at 30% of seniors live alone, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's awesome that we can um, get people to feel uh, supported, uh, but still feel like they can lead independent lives, still have a quality of life at the, the age of retirement and, you know, be satisfied. But then you keep going and keep going and it just sounds awful. Um, we can't support uh, with the, they can't keep up. They're not even, you know, like no access to internet, no access to technology, uh, which we find to be vital for day-to-day life and um, the isolation and all these other things. So yeah, it, it kind of sucks because you, you can tell that the, if the potential were there, this would actually be great and we could celebrate and recognize the the, the fact that uh, so many people are able to live independently, um, seniors, people with disabilities, you know, all kinds of people from the communities. But then you say, but dot, 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 and this is why it's not great. Yeah. I mean, it's nice the health part of it, Jillian, when you think about it that, hey, man, we all know people are living longer, but then there will be we're, we're surprised when someone says, Yeah, but what's my quality of life? I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Now you're raising prices on food because we have a worldwide crisis. I'm unhappy. I'm depressed. Yeah, it's it's so wild how like separate these things are. And, you know, like seniors, it's it's heartbreaking to hear that, like they're being isolated and um, like the price of everything has gone up as we know. Um, and like just the price of internet alone and cable just to have like access mm. to the outside world. Um, you know, it makes me, it makes me worry for like my grandparents and stuff like that. Like, and not to mention like a lot of those, uh, seniors, they still don't, you know, fully, have access to technology or like the know-how to use the technology. So all these things are moving to, you know, so fast with new technology and we're kind of leaving our seniors in the dust. And we saw so many forced into doing more, learning more because of the pandemic. But now when we talk about food and, and again, I'll bring in, as I said, off the top, uh, remind you of any other community, the disability community, Mm. again, a lot of people unemployed, uh, have never worked, have, have a lifestyle where they're, they're on the system and, and that's fine, um, to some degree, even though many of us want to work, which isn't fine when you want to work and can't, and the options aren't there, um, as we see a lot of people in the country, uh, you know, arrive and we go through great efforts to get jobs with them, but our disabled community still has huge numbers of, of people disabled. Anyway, um, when mm-hmm. I, we talk about the food or, or, or cost of it, tomatoes or whatever it might be right now, uh, milk, uh, bread, all mm-hmm. the things that are, quote, the staples, and I think that reality that it'll never get cheaper no matter what what anyone says or how much availability Uh, i hate always bringing up the disability community too when we have these conversations because there are other groups that are in the same boat and i always jillian say i wish we could just find a way for people to recognize all of these marginalized groups that need that support or help together Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's why, like, I think there's a lot of people coming out now talking about, like, universal benefits. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really... that would benefit everyone. It would com- benefit the disability community, the seniors, like, anyone. Yep. You, can, you have a bottom line for everybody who needs it. You're not um, making certain people feel like they need to, 
uh, like step up for their own advocacy because that's the the other part, right? You're always feeling like, oh, why are we the community who has to be uh, making a fuss about this? There's so many people who need the help, right? Even if you're mm -hmm. thinking about just just like totally different example, but uh, you know the priority seats on the buses, right? And mm -hmm. who needs that? Everybody needs that. Um, but you think that we have to make the disability advocacy, but it's actually so many people who benefit from just saying, hey, that the front seats are for people who need it. Mm -hmm. I think, and I think pride is such a thing that we have to remember is part of that as well. Whether it's loneliness for you know seniors uh, or or finances for someone on a fixed income, you have your pride and and you want to make things level for everyone so that you're not singling people. Well, we have to help you out more than it's it's a case of we we have to put our hand out to help everyone and that's the way it should go. Uh I'm going to toss this next one at you ladies before we get into what I kind of want to what we brought Jillian on to talk a bit about. American Airlines has agreed to buy up to 20 supersonic jets jets and uh put down a non-refundable um uh non-refundable deposit on planes that are still years away from being available. Neither American or the manufacturer boom, uh, would not provide any details pertaining the deposit that's available. Marcus Moore, this reporter, he has more. The aircraft is still in the prototype stage, and Boom is still searching for a company to make the engine. According to the Associated Press, Boom is talking with Rolls-Royce and others. The last time people could fly at supersonic speeds on a commercial flight, 2003, the year British Airways and Air France retired the Concorde. Wow. And Boom CEO uh, says that his company's plane will be different when it debuts in 2029 with tickets costing about $4,000 to $5,000 to fly <laughs> from New York to London in about three and a half hours. Jillian, is that a, that a flight you're going to be lining up for even if you had the money? Is it that important to get there that quick? <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, especially in what uh, seven years, don't know where you'll be. You know how many. You know how much. How much your company will be. <laughs> how much <laughs> disposable money? Uh, Rum. How about you? No, I'm good. But if it was a different flight, well, you make your big like, AMI salary. So I know it's really not the money that's the problem. You know. Uh, anyways, it's not. <laughs> It's not that. It's just the time. I'm thinking, does this really make an actual difference? But, you know, soon we'll have competitors and then maybe the flight to Australia will be like half the time or a quarter of the time or something. Folks, just a note, thing will fly a little slower <laughs> than the Concords did. So just a little bit. Jillian, um, this is the last time we're going to have you on the roundtable as an AMI employee. Um, you are uh, going to be leaving by the end of the month here. Um, what's What's in store for the future? Yeah, so my contract is coming to an end with AMI, and I am really excited. I'm not 100% sure what's uh, in store for the future, but I do plan to get back in the saddle and work some more on my podcast. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that uh, in the last year and a bit working with AMI. Um, I wanted to focus my time on that and uh, make sure I was doing you guys justice and uh yeah so i'm thinking about getting back into the podcasting and potentially uh applying to be on big brother canada <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that's awesome uh first though before we can carry on into anything else you want to plug the podcast so people can go and catch up 
Absolutely. So my podcast is called Self Love is Blind, and it is anywhere you find podcasts, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And it's just a talk show, sort of just like like us sitting here talking as friends, but we talk about... Um, you know, disability-related issues, mental health, um, LGBTQ plus um, things, and and yeah, it's it's a really fun time. I think everyone's got a unique journey and a story to tell, and I want to help facilitate those conversations. Well, we appreciate the time that you've come on our program, um, mm-hmm. especially telling us what's coming up on ATW, the pieces that you've had a chance to shoot. It's been really wonderful as somebody who didn't do this stuff, got the gig and shared so much to, you know, our audience as to what was coming up on ATW and your take of it. And, and Rumi, I'll pass it over to you. Uh, yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, just the, the conversations we had, I know we've talked a lot on, uh, mental health and just the awareness of different things that go on. And uh, this angle is, you know, of personal interest to me as well. So it's been really nice having you on the show, Jill. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, um, it's been a pleasure, honestly, and working with everyone at AMI. um, I don't think the transition into this new to me role would have been as uh, uh, (laughs) successful, I guess, as, uh, as it would have been if I didn't have all of you by my side so i'm very thankful for for the time i've had with ami well we appreciate your time the great stories everything that you've shared with us uh good luck with the podcast and uh, we'll talk with you down the road and and good luck ahead jillian yeah thanks so much yeah um feel free to follow me on uh instagram i'm the jill gillis and self-love is blind is on podcast or on uh instagram as well all right Jillian Gillis, our current reporter in Halifax, joining us, covering off things in uh, Atlantic Canada. And uh, big thanks for always being available to join us on the roundtable. We'll step aside for a couple of moments. When we return, we'll see what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.